0: Ashley Flowers. I'm just a member at Warehouse, um, but I love the chance to get to serve in a teaching capacity every once in a while. Um, I've you been surrounded by pastors kind of my whole life, and um, they need a break every once in a while. I can't imagine their role of coming up with teaching every single week, and so I'm grateful to give that break this morning. And we are going to look at Psalm 97 and that could not be more timely. Um, Psalm 97 is a psalm of praise. And right now, um, you know, I haven't had a whole lot of interactions with people. I'm about 35-ish weeks pregnant. And so, you know, I'm trying, (laughs) thanks Mike, trying not to, you know, see the world right now. But anytime I interact with people, our common language is just despair. Um, There's a lot that is going wrong in the world. Um, The brokenness of the world is incredibly daunting Um, And so I'm with you. I am with all of you in what you are feeling and what you are experiencing. Um, And let me remind you um, that our souls were designed for something vastly different than what we're experiencing right now in the world. Um, Vastly different. So I want to start out just by reading Psalm 97 for us and I'm going to read it from the NIV. And um, I just have to tell you, your prayer life probably does not echo this right now. Um, If you are praying, it's probably like, Lord, make this freaking thing go away. Um, And this is a different mindset. The psalmist is in an attitude of praise, And so I hope as I read this, um, your, your mind and your heart begin to shift. And then we're going to do one other thing after I read this that might help with that. So let me read this for us. It says the Lord reigns, let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. Lightning lights up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord. Before the Lord of all the earth, the heavens proclaim his righteousness and all people see his glory. All who worship images are put to shame. Those who boast in idols worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and rejoices, and the villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments, Lord. For you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light shines on the righteous and the joy and joy on the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous and praise his holy name. So Psalm 97 is this Psalm of praise. And right now, if you were trying to scribble down some poetry um, in a notebook or journal, I don't know that those would be your words but there's something about looking above the horizon, above all of the brokenness right now that I think is something our souls really crave to look at something that's more eternal. And so just to help us absorb it one more time, we're gonna look at the message paraphrase. And I've actually asked um, Dave Reinhardt, one of our elders to um, record his voice, reading this from the message version um and so maybe allow yourself to take a deep breath um as he um reads them for us
1: god rules there's something to shout over on the double mainlands and islands celebrate bright clouds and storm clouds circle round him right and justice anchor his rule fire blazes out before him flaming high up the craggy mountains his lightnings light up the world earth wide-eyed trembles in fear the mountains take one look at god and melt melt like wax before earth's lord the heavens announce that he'll set everything right and everyone will see it happen glorious All who serve handcrafted gods will be sorry. And they were so proud of their ragamuffin gods. On your knees, all you gods, worship him. And Zion, you listen and take heart. Daughters of Zion, sing your hearts out. God has done it all, has set everything right. You, God, are high God of the cosmos. Far, far higher than any of the gods. God loves all who hate evil, and those who love him he keeps safe, snatches them from the grip of the wicked. Light seeds are planted in the souls of God's people. Joy seeds are planted in good heart soil. So, God's people, shout praise to God. Give thanks to our holy God.
0: Um, so, even though we've read this through, you know, two times, two different versions, I think you could still feel like your heart's not singing to the same tune. Um, or maybe you're going, I feel a little insecure. Maybe the free spirits in the room just can freely express their love of God in that way. But here I am, normal person. My heart just doesn't sing that way. And especially in this season. I would just say, let go of that insecurity, let go of that guilt. I think that's incredibly normal right now. Um, I think we are far more in a season of lament than we are ready to praise. However, I do think looking at this, there's something that our souls are crying out for, for something above the norm right now. And so you're in good company. Um, C.S. Lewis, who is an author that many of you love and enjoy, or maybe you've picked up one of his books and been like, why do people quote him all the time? He's really hard to understand. Well, again, you're in good company. Um, He was born in 1898, and um, in his early years, he was a churchgoer with his family, and then after the death of his mother, became an agnostic. But then in his early 30s, um, he began to believe once more, and uh, he described himself as this, maybe you relate, he says that he is the most dejected and reluctant convert in all of England in all of the state of North Carolina. So there's something about C.S. Lewis that is just incredibly relatable to me. Um, His writings are incredibly instrumental in a lot of people's um, faith journey as they ponder what does it look like to live life with God. And um, Lewis wrote a book in the late 50s called Reflections on the Psalms. And he was really able to relate to a lot of the Psalms that were like, life is terrible. God, like, where are you? You know, like in a lot of ways you and I can relate to those and just the honesty and the rawness and vulnerability of so much um, of the Psalms he related to. But then when it came to Psalms, like Psalm 97, where it was just this, you know, you are so good, God, you are so good, God. Uh, He just really struggled with that. And it was more in thinking, Is God's character one in which, like, he needs all of this praise? Like, is he so desperate for attention that he is requiring this of me? Um, And the more he was getting or re getting to know God, he was really wrestling with that. You know, maybe you are put off by people who seem self absorbed or always need, you know, a, a hand clap after the smallest thing. That began to be Lewis's view of God um, and then something changed. He realized that um, much praise of God was fueled by um, experience and connection to God. In the same way that um, praise would come from maybe getting to know somebody that you just really enjoy and you say to yourself, man, aren't they so kind? Or, you know, that person is so generous, just after an interaction with them, or maybe after a really good meal, you know, Charlotte agenda, if you follow them on social media, they're always putting out like the best burgers in Charlotte. I mean, if you follow that list, like you'll find yourself talking about food for days. And that's the experience like worship comes not just from Oh, because we're supposed to, but because of this genuine experience that you have, in the way that, you know, when Mike Laurie's trying to be funny and he actually achieves it, that you laugh, I, it's your shirt, Mike. I'm gonna pick on you a lot today. Um, but that just experience of if someone's funny, like you genuinely laugh. And so worship is meant to be this something that is, you know, out of this overflow of who we are and what we're experiencing of God. And right now, honestly, like, I think that anxiety and the desire to control and the desire to know what's going to happen, you know, I don't know what your levels of anxiety happen when Kurt said, maybe we're on mile marker three of this, you know in March we were like, Oh, we're on mile marker, you know, 25, you know, like we're almost through this thing. And now we're going like, does the marathon start? Did I even get my number yet? Um, and so, um, when I think about experiencing God, um, I I remember just a couple years into my relationship with God, I was trying to do something that would, um, involved me, um, coming closer to God. And so I was like, I'm going to bust out this journal here. And I am going to, you know, just begin writing out all of my thoughts. You know, I didn't really have a format for how to do that, but I just thought I'm going to be as honest with God about what's going on inside as I can. So I began writing and just writing out like a prayer to God of, you know, everything that was good, bad, and ugly inside of me. And I happened to be outside outside because I wanted to be in nature. And, um, I had this experience where, um, all of a sudden it was like the stream that I was sitting next to sounded much more like a raging river. And then the, um, the birds that were around me sounded like there wasn't just three birds. It sounded like there was a thousand Uh, the wind and the trees made it almost seem like there's a tornado and there was no storm. Like everything was perfectly normal around me, but it was just the first time I actually paid attention uh, to creation around me. And what I realized was God is not just a creator. He is an incredibly creative creator um, in the sense where everything had its own sound and everything had its own texture and everything had its own voice and there was power behind the wind and i just began to be in total awe of god and it was humbling sitting there i mean i was a teenager at this point and i was like i'm having the most profound thoughts i've ever had but it was beautiful it was like my pen just went right to the paper and i just began saying to god like god you're so incredibly creative and if you put that attention to detail into like the grass that I am sitting on. Like I'm looking at the attention and detail you put into me, your highest of creation. And I'm blown away. I'm absolutely blown away. So I think about those times in my life and I'm going like, am I creating opportunity for that, for there to actually be an overflow of worship in my life? Um, In Luke chapter 19, um, Jesus is, or actually Luke is recording um, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And again, the character of God is that of when he shows up on earth, he doesn't show up with, you know, he's riding an elephant and he is, you know, wearing this big crown. No, he shows up riding on a colt, a young male donkey, And uh, regardless, those disciples who really knew him began to worship him. And so it says this, starting in verse 37 of Luke 19, it says, When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. The disciples began saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Then some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus says to them, and I love this line. He says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Um, it's incredibly inevitable that creation has this intimate, uninterrupted relationship with God, even in the midst of a broken world. And so the trees know it, the rocks know it. However, I think our pride, our brokenness, our fears, our desire for control, just get in the way um, of us missing out on being able to live this life of freedom, of regularly expressing our praise to God. Um, I want to do something that's going to involve a little bit of audience participation. Y'all are so fun using the chat feature all of the time in this. And so, um, I wanted to see for you, what is your, when you think about God and you think about things that you praise him for, whether it's Names of God or attributes of God. What are those things? And I want you to just open that chat feature. And so if you're on like a normal computer, you'll see at the bottom of Zoom where it says the chat feature. You can open that up and type freely as they come to you. Wow, these are amazing. Okay. God is mighty to save. He's unchangeable. He is our trusted counselor. He is love. He is caring. He is never-ending generosity. God is relentless. I love that. He's furious longing. He is a healer. He is in control. He remembers. He is our strength and shield and ever-present help in time of trouble. He is a stronghold. He is my comforter. He knows me. He gets me. He guides me. I love that. His throne room is surrounded by 24 elders in heaven. He's forgiving. He's a deliverer, He is a constant, He is shepherd. He is a creative creator. He is strong, he is faithful, He is gracious, He is merciful, He is compassionate. He is Lord. He is mighty. My favorite name for God right now is that he is a refuge. That he brings the dead to life. He is a counselor and comforter. That he is both truth and wisdom. He is a redeemer, a restorer, a forgiver. He is everlasting. He redeems our lives from the pit and crowns us with love and compassion. He is a sustainer, he is sovereign. He is a God that doesn't ride around in an ambulance. He is absolutely sovereign. He is our rock. He is a savior. He promises to make all things new. James, you're right that there are new mercies every single morning. And we get to experience that this side of heaven. He is the God who is near. He is Emmanuel. He is kind. He is loving. He is the prince of peace. He is the provider. He is our shield and fortress. He is the king. He is the God who moved into the neighborhood, John 1. He is our king and our wonderful counselor. He is trustworthy and he reigns. He is our wonderful counselor, our deliverer, our sanctifier. He is our light. He is our healer. He is our shepherd. He is holy. He is the God of peace and he is our father. Um, I love that that flowed, you know, for so many of you. And so many of you are also just trying to go like, there's a chat feature on Zoom. (laughs) Well, hey, as I wrap up, here is what I want to remind us that you and I are designed for a relationship with God, to experience him, to trust him, to love him. And out of the overflow of that relationship just comes that praise and that worship. And that is what satisfies our soul. To remove this weight where we feel like we are controlling everything and just to release it to God, to remind ourselves what his character really is, that it really is trustworthy And I'd argue that if we are having a worship problem, it's likely because we've gotten stuck, that we're looking right at this level as opposed to lifting our eyes to what's eternal. Um, And so if we're in that rut, um, maybe without praising God, I think we are going to get consumed. And so what would it look like for you in the morning just to proclaim some of these names of God and then to remind yourself of who you are? That although God is loving, you are loved. And that that is the position you get to seat yourself in. Um, And so what are your daily rhythms look like? Um, Are you getting the chance to read? Even if that means you're just jumping into some of the Psalms. Does that mean that we're walking and praying? Um, Would it mean that we're listening to music? Or maybe you're finally ready to jump into a small group because you need other people's thoughts about God, you know, for you to be talking through. Or jumping on the Warehouse 242 daily uh, live Facebook times. Um, I believe it will be like hitting the reset button for um, our souls in so many ways. And so let me pray and then we will transition um, into singing some songs together. Father, thank you um, for your sweetness to us. God, I can't imagine what it looks like, our tired and weary souls. Um, and I pray that you would infuse into us a trust in you. God, you are bigger than all of this. You are sovereign. You see us and you know us. You delight in us. You are ever-present. You are Emmanuel. And so, God, would our souls lift, would the burdens lighten as we focus on you, as we breathe in and out and acknowledge the vastness of who you are? God, we need you. Oh, how we need you. Um, and Father, I pray that just this act of singing and getting to Um, express our love and gratitude if you would lift our souls um, in a new way. Thank you for the bands uh, that are leading us through this. In Jesus' name, amen.